This is a podcast about male vulnerability. Vulnerability is not synonymous with weakness. It's about looking inward before accepting, critically reflecting, and expressing our individual perspective. This perspective isn't about being wrong or right. It's about, as a male, encouraging a humble openness amongst others and with yourself. So today we really wanted to talk about friendships, but not just any friendships necessarily, but actually platonic male and female friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a topic we actually don't even often discuss with each other, Alex. No, this is what would probably be the second or third time that I would know that like either... It was us discussing what we should talk about for this episode, and yeah. then now we're here. <laughs> yeah, but it was an interesting one, um, and I think it's one that jumped out to us, and the more we kind of started to discuss it, we realized there's probably something in it, and there's saying, I guess, as a society and culture, we're probably not discussing and not addressing, um, whether it be the importance of platonic male and female friendships, um, or if you argue that they're the lack thereof importance um, of in society. But I think just given the whole discussion around vulnerability um, and also, I guess, equality, that's sort of happening in the kind of popular discourse. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important discussion because I yep. think it's uh, something that could potentially help not necessarily solve the problem, but definitely help us move towards, um, I guess, being probably mm. more positive. Mm-hmm. Um, individuals in society is it fair is it fair to say that we have to accept a level of nihilism or defeatism or some something to that extreme that these things aren't necessarily going to be solved yeah i don't really know what solving something looks like but there are necessary steps that we should be taking and conversations that we should be having and as you're saying this seems to be one of them yeah absolutely absolutely um i'm going to throw a question at you as well to kick us off why do you think it's difficult for males to engage in platonic friendships with females, particularly as we get older? Um, there's, probably, there's, there's probably a few things. Um, one, of them, one of them you raised um, when we were discussing this, um, you, you gave an example of um, something maybe you would have heard in church about the importance um, of being your, the absolute best friend with your partner if you're a male and female and, and that's your only source of kind of closeness in mm. regards to gender, uh, opposite gender. Yep. So there's that and I'll probably let you talk about that a little bit more. Um, what I would say is something that's connected to that again is, yeah, is, is the expectation on straight heterosexual kind of uh, heteronormative, not heterosexual, heteronormative um, relationships and dynamics between male and females is that it's building towards marriage. It's building towards um, it's it's building towards this all this pressure and consuming on if I'm the husband, if you're the female, then that's out. You are not only my best friend and closest point of contact. You are then the only. You have to be the only female in my life. Yeah. Otherwise, things are going to get a little bit shaky and dicey yeah um and there's a little bit of fear around that yeah um and that's normal there's anxiety you know if you've been with someone for a long time all these kinds of things we're not talking about that right now um so i i think just the makeup of 
male and female dynamics and how they move towards relationships, I think is um, puts a lot of pressure and makes it very difficult to have platonic friendships okay. with the opposite sex, a sex that you may be attracted to. Yeah. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that's um, interesting. Like you touched on growing up in church, there was definitely mm. that whole view that you could only have one best friend of the opposite sex mm-hmm. and that best friend was, you know, inevitably going to be your partner. Yeah. So there was almost this like time clock that it's like mm-hmm. the moment you enter into a serious relationship, you have to say goodbye to all friends of the opposite sex. And interestingly, it's almost like a joke. I, I think it's saying that and probably joked about with the boys that it's like mm. you kind of look around, you're like, all right, I just sent in this relationship. Yeah. Other girls, see you later. Yeah. And it's not even, and, and we, and uh, just extending that, this is not what we're talking about. And extending on that, male mates, if you, if your, if your mates got a girlfriend, so many comments then come around for that first year or something like, oh, you only hang out with her or something. Yeah. And that's completely normal. That's biological. That's like loads of things in the honeymoon period or whatever, right? Yeah. But what you're talking about is more specifically like, you start to become best friends with a female in the church specifically. That's kind of, we both kind of gone through that. Um, you are moving that towards a marriage. So you have to have intention is always the word that gets yeah, around yeah. there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Intentions. Clear intentions. <laughs> Clear intentions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everything else just starts to fade away. And I guess we're kind of, the question that we're asking right now is what, uh, that is a very specific Christian example, but that's, I'm sure, anyone from many, many walks of life have gone through that. Yeah. Um, what, what's the downside to this? What, what is the impact of this? Like, okay, I'm the intention. I like this girl. I'm going to become best friends with her. Then I'm going to date her and marry her, whatever. And all the other women in my life, other than my mom and, and or sister, if you have them, yep. they are no longer important or as important. Yeah. And the dynamic has to change. Yeah. Um, so I guess what's the downside of that? What's the impact of that, Eddie? Um, and which then if you answer that, which in the way I expect you to be answering that, what do you think then the value of that, uh, of maintaining those friendships, the ones that you are expected to drop off? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it is an interesting question. I think definitely the downside is that as males, it means that we're forming a very specific view Mm. of the role of a female. Yep. That, if a female can only take the form of a partner, mm. which has, comes with a lot of other, you know, specifics around um, what role they have in a relationship, their emotional availability, potential and element of reliance as well mm-hmm. on you as a partner, which goes both ways. Of course. Yeah. Just on that, just so that that's very interesting. You brought up that whilst we're saying all of this, this is still stereotyping that you could be in a negotiated relationship with your partner, that yeah. that partner is not, is not stereotypically submissive or reliant, all these things. So that's it. So it might actually not damage you at all to have that as your only best friend, because that's like a really good representation of all women and male. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just a reality that yeah. if you are forming a judgment or you're putting yourself in a position where you're forming a judgment of a whole type of person, whether it be gender, racially, whatever, mm-hmm. based on one person, um, it's likely that you can have a very narrow view of what that type of person mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so yep. with that, <clears throat> I guess the value then of maintaining platonic friendships um, with the opposite sex when you are in a relationship is really that broadening perspective. I think mm-hmm. it's that understanding or I guess putting yourself in a position to understand different perspectives and to understand mm-hmm. the different way as a male in particular that women think that women engage relationships, um, the different roles and value women can have in your life, whether mm-hmm. that's from a um, friendship perspective and having another um, perspective who can provide advice and provide, I guess, an element of care mm-hmm. um, yep. as well. But it also, I guess, opening your mind up to all the different roles they can play. Because, for example, I think if you have a partner, if you're a male and you had a partner, for example, that was um, extremely, let's say, dominant in this um, mm-hmm. scenario and mm-hmm. actually they were very much the one that um, supported you in your endeavours and you almost, like, had a very high level of reliance on them. Yep. Um, it's not the worst thing, but I guess you could start to form this view that all women like to take up um, a dominant role. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what you're saying there is that, again, if if your partner is the only point of contact yeah. other than your mother and or sister, if you have them or aunties or whatever, grandparents, yeah. um, whether it's the dominant or whether it's the submissive, whether it's these extremes, that could have that's, – that's damaging the possibilities of the ways you can see other women that aren't just your partner. Yeah, absolutely. And so that is ultimately damaging then for the conversation around equality, conversation around uh, male and female connections and the potentials of that. Yeah. Because I would say that, again, if you have just – let's say you have the triangle of – of a sister, a wife, and a mum. Let's say you have that triangle. I don't have a sister. Yeah. So I've never had that. But let's yeah, say you did. Neither. Which, which, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's scratch that then. No, I'm sure a lot of people do have that. Um, this is very stereotypical, but it, it's not surprising, nor should it shock anyone, that you may just ultimately see kind of women as roles and a kind of servitude towards you a partner, a sister, and a mum. Now that's very. You will never. You're not going to see those people as the the many possibilities that they could be. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, especially if you are severely limiting the ways in which women who are not connected via that triangle. Yep. Can come in and critique you. You can challenge them. You have friendship support. All these kinds of things. Yep. So is the question? Is it a very serious one that we could really be damaging and limiting our growth? And on that, how do you think we limit the potential range of relationships we could have with females? Um, yeah, it's, it's probably by appealing to, to those kind of expected, um, those expected things of oh, your partner is going to be the only one and all these kind of connections and stuff. And we are then, if, if we are so hell-bent on encouraging that kind of uh, reliance, um, we are then probably going to be really scared of interacting with others and ruining that. Um, so we are then going to have, we possibly could have really, really negative views on our interactions with other women. Very, very, in very, very subtle ways. Yeah. In that, okay, my partner would, my partner wants my complete reliance. So this woman will at some point maybe want some, so much reliance on me. 
or will try and convince me of, of something. Like there's this, mm. there's this fear. I don't know I'm just talking around this, but there's almost this fear I think within men that if they get too close to other women that like either the woman will try and take them from them or, or they'll, or they'll screw up or there's all these kinds of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Breaking of trust. And it's a very, there's, yeah. What, what, what do you, what do you think about this? A very um, tricky kind of uh, atmosphere that goes on between that. Yeah, I mean, the reality is you have to face up to is there's always every chance that even if when you were entering the relationship, you weren't sexually attracted to that person, mm-hmm. there's every chance that if you are, you know, heterosexual, mm-hmm. that you might just. Um, so to your point, with that comes, I guess, a sense of fear that you won't put yourself in that position because you're afraid that mm. that then might compromise the relationship you might be in. Yep. With that, though, I think there's probably an element where maybe we need to consider how we be more respectful in those relationships, um, but also how we be more open with mm-hmm. ourselves that mm-hmm. if we do feel like we're entering in the space that could potentially be compromising or damaging to either that friendship or the romantic yep. relationship that you're in, how do we actually face up to that? Yeah. Is this, is this, are we kind of tiptoeing around being vulnerable and transparent about the fantastical elements that men engage with? Probably. And, and we all know these kind of fantastical elements. Yeah. Of, and keep going, keep going on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, the classic one is, you know, uh, a best a best mate girl that you know you never you never thought of, and then you're so close, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, this is so perfect and so right. We can we can be more than just best friends, and 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 all this those kinds of imagery with that. Mm. Um, I I think um, just stepping away from the platonic friendships, one of the just playing on that fantasy thing again, men. And a lot of friends that we've interacted with and in my life too, if you've got, if your mates, parents have split up and they've got stepsisters, um, there will always be a comment very quickly like, is she attractive? Yeah. And even just that comment. Yeah. Right. That's revealing a fantasy. Right. Yeah. And if there's, oh, there's really one thing that men just sexual fantasies are through the roof. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, which is why lesbian is, you know, the most category, like the most search category on porn worldwide, apparently. Right. There's this is a strong fantasy element to yeah, all of yeah, this. Yeah. Right. Um, and that, that, that comment, even the stepsister one, what a, what an immediate, very quick way that you have revealed the fantastical and then also limited the potential of that stepsister to become very very close and to offer alternate perspectives yeah um and it's so subtle and it's so immediate and so quick yeah um do you think that those little comments like that about things like that and other examples that maybe you can think of do you think that has very severe ramifications and impacts on how we view women that aren't our partners yeah well i guess it kind of i guess speaks or like manifests Mm. that fear you touched on earlier Mm. and brings it into being that mm-hmm. the fact that we kind of keep perpetuating those thoughts and those views about mm. how we engage with females mm. um, is almost damaging because it's limiting in the mm-hmm. sense that it stops us because we're afraid actually that those jokes that we kind of put out into the atmos mm. huh, could be true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I guess, which is why they're jokes because there's 
an element of truth to them. Yeah. Um, but then that gives us the opportunity to go, oh, I was just joking as well. So, yeah. again, we're not showing any signs of growth really no. there by doing, by doing that. But I think there's definitely, I guess, more tangible steps that we can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably something that most people struggle with and I'm keen to get your thoughts on. Um, what do you think males can do to, I guess, engage in female friendships, but then also, I guess, maintain a level of um, respect and understanding as well with their actual romantic partner. If they do have one, yeah. If they have yeah, one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, I guess, let's assume um, that I've got a partner. I don't, but let's assume I had. Yeah, I, but I've previously when you have, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've, pro- I've probably screwed up in the sense that I relied far too heavily on that as a source of contact. And that as the major consuming force in my life. Yeah. So I think one of the subtle changes that if you do have a partner to be really aware of that honeymoon period for one that we talked about, where you are really starting to just absolutely just spend all time with that. Yeah. And set unrealistic expectations in that first year. I think you've, you used to make jokes with me um, when I had my first partner that when I, I think I bought a handbag that was like really expensive, like early on. Mm. And you're like, well, now you've got to top that every, yeah. every time. You stitch right? yourself up, really. You stitch yourself up. And so just connect forwarding on that. If you have this year long honeymoon period, however long it is, and it's just all the time with her, all the time with her. Um, and you haven't talked and you haven't as can, kept those other connections alive in a really platonic and clear way, that when you just naturally fall out of that intense period, you're going to you're going to have issues with your relationship. Yeah. Okay. The one that you are so intense in. Yeah. Because you haven't set the groundwork for this is not always going to be how we interact. Yeah. We're not always going to be, oh my God, you want to go dinner here, lunch here? Uh, like, you know, those early days where you're eating out every five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right, so there's, there's that. There's that, I, I would say. Um, and I think then uh, on top of that, what I would call encouraging femininity um, would be to encourage... Or, or to allow for more female perspectives than just your partner, just your sister, just your mom, just your grandparents. Really, really encourage and try and see within yourselves where you are when you do not have a diverse range of female friends. Yeah. That you do not have a diverse range of female friends that are very, that you have very clear dynamics and relationships with. Because me and you, I would say that, I would say for myself, I have a very diverse range of male friends. Yeah, that have different codes of conduct, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. between them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all of them are platonic. Yeah, all of them platonic. So there's no reason why that is not happening. That why no reason why that should not be happening the other way for all females too. Yeah, that you are interacting with. It's interesting. Yeah, and do you think there's an element of um, shame mm. that comes into play? Mm. with engaging with female friendships in particular shame in the sense that i think even um so one of the issues and i think a lot of males might face um now even i've experienced it is mm. that if i have wanted to hang out or catch up with a female friend Mm. Volmer's had to really consider how I frame it mm-hmm. to let my partner know. Almost to a point where it's like, which isn't necessarily maybe, a bad thing. No, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's almost to the point where it's like, 
Maybe it'd just be easier not to tell them. Yeah, which then is a weird position to be in. Correct. Because, again, that's, yeah, probably because, like, why does it matter? But then the, the signaling that it doesn't matter makes it matter. Yeah. Yeah, which is a very interesting little paradox there. So Yeah, the fact that it, it doesn't matter enough for you to consider not telling them because you've made yourself believe it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've gotten to this point of it's not mattering through thinking a lot. Yeah. So obviously it matters. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, a wonderful, wonderful example yeah, yeah, of the yeah. weirdness of being alive, but yeah. very tricky and very damaging. Yeah, how do you, how do you think you should manage that? I think... It's very important and it's easier said than done to be very upfront and honest mm-hmm. in the first instance. And I mean, it's even stuff as simple as if you've um, been like meshing lately and it's like, oh, we should catch up or whatever. I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, like so and so haven't seen for a while. I think I'm going to actually catch up with them, just like hang out, maybe go get a drink or a mm-hmm. coffee or whatever else. Amazing. Yep. Um, and just being upfront about those like moments where you might actually be going to hang out or considering hanging out with someone or mm-hmm. actually being open that or the fact that you miss yes, someone yes. of the opposite sex who isn't your partner. This I think comes down to what we've talked about with male vulnerability again, that it's we probably don't I think we do all that thinking of they don't need to know, I'm not doing anything wrong, that yeah, that, yeah, we, yeah. that when we do eventually say it, because we will. Yeah. There are so many points that you could have said it along the way that would have just been so easy and you could have just been vulnerable about, oh, this person's messaged me and I haven't thought about them in a little while and I I do miss their conversation and I'd like to go see them. Yeah. yeah. If you are so upfront and clear about that very early on as opposed to, oh, tomorrow I'm going to get a coffee. (laughs) They'd be like, wait, obviously you weren't talking just today. So then then there's all of these doubts and and things that you, there's this big gap that you've willingly encouraged then in the dialogue between you and your partner. Because you were too afraid to say, I have a friend that I would like to go and hang out with that is of the same gender that you are my partner. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's a, very, that's a very weird and tricky thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any, any, any other ways that you, you think that we could, you know, um, subtle changes that we could be making? Yeah, I think that one you touched on actually is really important. I think the recognizing them as a friend mm-hmm. um, enough that you'd kind of discuss things as simple as missing them or laughing about their jokes or laughing about their text messages or doing mm-hmm. whatever um, like you would with your male friends. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important. I think it really actually just frames them as a friend. Yeah. Um, just, just on that, sorry, quickly. Like if, yeah, let's say like me and you were playing a hangout. Yeah. And we've got, we've got a group of like boys and stuff that we message as, as you, as everyone does. Right. Yeah. Um, there is no, there is no pressure f- like, there's no pressure. Uh, there's no like kind of secret of like, Oh my God, we're like kind of messaging and stuff because even when we're having that conversation in private, it's almost like it is out in the air already because yeah. we've already established that we're a group of friends. Yeah, yeah. We established that code of conduct, as I said earlier. Yeah. But if you've got, yeah, that's I think where it becomes an issue that if you haven't established that with a group of female friends yeah. and then you're messaging one-on-one, it, it, it gains this energy that it doesn't need. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when your mind starts like in other people's minds and it's just, it gets really unnecessary and it, and it is a poor reflection of how males deal with female interactions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon, I guess, on that? Are there any other subtle ways 
you think might help create a bit more respect in these relationships? Yeah, it's... Again, I think... I mean, maybe, maybe this one is not even subtle, but this is almost like setting yourself goals and almost challenging yourself to think about, okay, what are the ways in which I view my partner and my, the women in my life? Um, and how many, and then also how many other women are there in my life and how am I viewing them? Mm. And it's never, it's, it's never too late to start right now. Like it's, you know, yeah. Begin the dialogue of like, Hey, like I would really like to, um, entertain and have more platonic female friendships because that the, the benefit i think is extremely great yeah um it's it's a comfortability with closeness that doesn't always have to lead towards sexual fulfillment yeah especially with a gender that you are attracted to yeah and i think that's super important something that men struggle with is what you talked about the fantasy element yeah so yeah. i think that is an incredible incredible thing that can come from that and is very subtle and it's something that i did many years ago actually um, where I just basically asked a very close friend, hey, I'd like to be, get a lot better at being really good friends with yourself and with other females. Okay. And, and I think, again, it's being, that's not necessarily subtle because you're explicitly voicing it. Yeah. But I think that's a good start. And I think, is that, is that not potentially the energy of this entire podcast? Is just like, you're not knowing something or not how you do it. Just begin the conversation, be vulnerable and open yourself up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point, just not just letting it sit in your thoughts for so long that mm-hmm. it just doesn't come out until, mm-hmm. you know, the day prior or that <laughs> yeah. very last minute. Yeah. Um, that's a classic it, male move, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that's slightly off topic, but something that's kind yep. of popped into my mind. Yep. Um, that's not allowed here. Yeah. <laughs> How do you even navigate meeting new female friends? So obviously there's like, mm. I think a lot of these examples we've kind of discussed are around you, obviously you had existing friends, maybe longstanding that you've known far before you even met mm. um, this partner, girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then actually you're with this girlfriend already and you just meet this new friend. So for example, you just meet someone at work and actually yep. you see them every day. Yep. You've got a great connection. You get along a lot of similar interests. How do you even navigate that friendship? Oh, yeah. Because um, I was going to say, you gave a good example. I was going to say that like, oh, very rarely you probably do encounter loads of new friends, right? All the time. But, um, but that's a pretty good example in which you would. Um, uh, I think, <laughs> weirdly, it's coming back to intention <laughs> again, which we were joking about yeah. before, which, but there's always truth to, you know, things. Um, I think it is about being open with that person about your life, where you're at, where they're, where, and then them being open in their life, where they're at. Um, I think being, and, and not being afraid to be excited about liking that person mm. as, as a person. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, think, I think we probably feel afraid that, like, if I met someone at work, I was like, oh, my God, this person's funny, incredible, all these kinds of things that we think – we either go, that must mean we love them for some reason because we're, we're like yeah. really stupid about that stuff yeah, or yeah. that I can't tell my partner that I'm genuinely excited about the potential of someone that likes similar things or I just get along with. Yeah. And I think that is a massive, massive, massive thing to overcome. Yeah. And I 
think you're probably going to screw up a few times before you before you get there. Not not meaning that you're going to like, but just in the sense that you're not going to get it necessarily right on how to deal with it. Yeah. But I think just telling yourself that it's okay to be in a relationship and also genuinely be excited about the existence of another woman. <laughs> yeah. And I think that comes back yeah. to the whole discussion around shame. Yes. yes it's like yes, you yes, shouldn't yes. feel ashamed to be excited about someone else of the opposite sex yes. entering your life yes. and having a positive impact in your life. Yes. Yes. And it is... Uh, open, yeah, opening yourself up to those, know, knowing when those shameful thoughts are coming because those shameful thoughts will mean that you start hiding things and you start acting in different ways. Yeah. Um, and yes, just being, it, it doesn't mean that you have to meet that person and then go home that day and be like, oh my God, I met this person. Yeah. Right. That's a, also a weird way of doing it. Like that's probably where you need to check. You need to be critical of yourself and be like, okay, cool. Like this is a, just a new person that I met. Yeah, I, I might not actually need the man, the man not actually be that good of a friend to me next week or something. Yeah. So it's just it is about just kind of noticing these points, these shameful points, these excited points, all these things, and just checking them, being open about them to yourself, and having conversations about them. Yeah. And it seems like we're it seems like it seems like uh, we're suggesting there's a lot of effort to be put in when it comes to negotiating a new female friendship. It's not. That's 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 not a lot of effort. No, I think a lot of it is. Facing up and recognizing, um, being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to overcome that shame. And yep. I think it's interesting because it's like it's something that happens every day. And I think this is probably a topic that will relate to a lot of people mm-hmm. because I think it's just like the reality of the world we live in. It's very, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be in these positions, obviously, in the outside world where it's like mm-hmm. you almost have a bit more control over the friends you meet, fair enough. And you yep. enter a place that's a bit more, um, controlled like the workplace where it's like you don't pick who you yep. work with a lot of the time yeah so these people are going to come into your life and you yep. need to know how to deal with that yeah and just on that like the the world as well there's a very relatable thing like even just this this lefty progressiveness that um is 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 amazing that you still it is still healthy to to set ground rules and ways and and um again i keep saying codes of conduct that you how you're going to interact with these new people that come into your life yeah because there's all this freedom and liberation which i'm a massive champion for doesn't mean you need to always blur everything always all the time and that is actually again i want to challenge myself and everyone too that really does push the the liberation thing to think about how that is still another way in which we're stereotyping and, yeah. we're, and we are limiting possibilities yet again. Yeah. It's a weird paradox how I could be like, oh, I'm all for all possibilities. But again, it's like you just, all right, you're for all possibilities, but you're, you're just still trying to maneuver a way in which you can hook up with your best mate that's a girl. Yeah, yeah. Like doesn't always have to be yeah. that. There's got to be guardrails somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's totally, totally fine. Yeah. And, and if and it, necessary. If at the very least those guardrails are uh, respect and... Yeah. Mutual respect and yes. mutual understanding. Yes. Then conversation. Yep. Then that's fine. Yep. And if you're both on the same page that exploring possibilities means the openness to do whatever, cool. Yeah. That's cool. But but, yeah, but again, that's not going to be every single friend that you have in contact with. No. If that's the case, then that's ridiculous. <laughs> Living a very crazy life. Yeah, yeah. A, a one that would I would suggest that would be very unstable. Yeah. Um but yeah, okay. Um, 
What do you reckon? There's there's probably many more many more things to say, but do you think we should probably kind of wrap it up there? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the chat. No worries. If you want to keep chatting, follow us on Instagram at eddieandalex.mp3. Catch ya.